planning, blogging, email marketing, Facebook, Instagram, content curation. We're sharing tons of tips in episode 25 of Social Media Simplified. You're listening to Social Media Simplified with Lara Wellman, the podcast for business owners who want to harness the power of digital marketing to grow their business online. Becky Stanisic is a great friend of mine. We often get together for coffee and we talk social media because that's what we both love. The podcast that I did with her was one of my most popular. And after that show, we just got to talking and we realized that what we would like to do is put together a live event. And so we're doing that on May 5th. And I realized that made for the perfect opportunity to have her back on the show. And we decided this time what we would do is we would both share some of our favorite tips on some of the topics we're going to be covering during our live event. So let's just jump right in. And I hope you get a lot of value out of the tips that we shared. Thank you, Becky, for being back on the podcast with me again this week. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you back because, first of all, the episode that you did with me the first time was really popular and a lot of people commented on all the great tips that you were able to share. So I wanted to have you back. But even more than that, you and I are putting together a live event in Ottawa. And so we have lots of stuff to talk about with regards to the great tips we're going to be sharing there. But before we jump into that, I thought maybe I'll get you to describe the event for us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So I was happy when uh, a couple months ago we met and realized that you and I were getting a lot of the same questions and chatting with people who had a lot of questions about content and developing content. And after the podcast, uh, people were coming out wanting a bit more info. So we were able to put together this creating digital content framework planning day uh, that we're going to be having on May 5th at the Brook Street. Uh, I'm excited because when we chatted about making the agenda, we were focusing on it's going to be a day of uh, planning, goal planning, and strategy planning with what this framework can look like, focusing in on blogging and newsletters and Facebook, a bit of Instagram and some content creation uh, and curation. Uh, but also because we really wanted to help people actually make their plans. So we're going to be putting pen to paper with the participants. And as someone who attends workshops and conferences themselves, I like walking away with really actionable items. And I know we're going to be focusing on that during the day. So, uh, so yeah, the event to create digital content through this framework, I think is going to be really fun. I agree. And I totally agree. You and I both feel the importance of having actionable things that people can take home and do right away is really important. And so that's why today what we're going to do is we're going to share some of our favorite tips, which I think you guys are all the people out there listening are going to be able to take those tips even right now and just have that help them with their digital marketing. So we've got five topics. And what we're going to do is I'm going to start by sharing what the topic is. And then each one of us is going to share a favorite tip about it. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. So the first one um, is planning because we all know planning is important. So do you have a tip around that? So one of my biggest tips for planning is utilizing um, tools around me to help me make the planning easier. And mostly I'm thinking of calendars. So when I talk to people who aren't sure where to begin with their planning and anything, whether it's just social media or content or blogging, um, I have people look at their calendar. And myself, I have two different ways that I do this. One is I use Google Calendar and I plop in deadlines that I know. So I know when newsletters are going out or when certain blog deadlines are coming. 
and I put in deadlines that are hard deadlines in my Google Calendar, and then I give myself some fake deadlines. And everyone tells me, but if you give yourself a fake deadline, you know it's fake. Yes, but what the fake deadline serves for me is more of a reminder. So it's kind of, if you haven't started this project, Becky, by this day, start to worry about this. So I, I need those little reminders a lot. And that's also why I like Google Calendar because it will pop up and I program it to give me messages basically on my phone. It pops up and gives me the reminders an hour before or 10 minutes before. And so I can kind of plan my day around where these calendars are falling. The second way I do this is with paper and pen agenda. So a calendar in an agenda where I write out to-do lists for the week and again, put in um, deadlines and things that are coming up for the week. So I'm constantly being reminded and poked uh, and I need that, but it also really helps to give me an opportunity to say yes or no when future content things come up. Because if I'm pitched to be able to write a story for someone else and I see it's a week that I'm already writing a lot of content, it might not be the best timing. And if not, then I'll be able to fit it in. Great. Yeah. And I think having multiple calendars that work for multiple things is always a great idea. It works well for me. And, uh, and I think we all need to find our systems, but having something that keeps track of things is so key. Mm -hmm. So my tip when it comes to planning is to have goals. And I know that this often comes up as something that sounds obvious. Well, my goal is that I want to make more money or I want to get more traffic. So what I want to challenge people to do, to do is to come up with specific goals that are really applicable to the next six months for what you're trying to achieve online? Is it that you're trying to be known on a certain topic and you want people to know that they can come and reach out to you on that topic? Is it that you want to grow, you know, your numbers? Certainly saying I want to grow my email list by a certain number of people, my Facebook followers by a certain number of, of people is a great um, goal or maybe to make a specific amount of money on a specific product or service. So having really, really clear goals, and I think setting two or three for a six month period is a really good place to start, is going to help you really get specific when you're then creating your content. Because you ultimately want to be getting people to do something specific. And if you haven't cleared that up for yourself, the people aren't going to do it either. I like that. And I think too, sometimes we put a lot of emphasis on the goals that they can't change. There's going to be times where they alter, but ultimately we need to go back to what those overarching goals are because it will help drive our content. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. All right. So then we are going to talk about blogging. What tip do you have to share with us about that? Uh, well, I started in this whole online realm as a blogger, really. So I've built uh, um, a, a business out of my blog. So I'm in it a lot. And I run into the same content issues that I have a lot of people tell me their struggles are because we're all kind of in this you know, blog realm. Um, but one of the things that I find really helps me and that I do recommend for people is to write in drafts. And we can't leave everything in a draft. At some point, you have to publish but sometimes I have days where I'm far more prolific with where my ideas are coming from. And I'm better off writing out these jot forms, these draft blog posts five in a row than just focusing on one at a time. And then, you know, a few days from now, I'm going to forget what those um, topics were before. So the drafts really do help me. And it helps kind of 
on days where things are a bit quieter or I'm just not getting new ideas, I can go through my drafts and pull up some old ideas that I had forgotten about. Yeah, and I think it's important that people realize that even those bloggers that you follow or people you think of who are, you know, writers, not everything comes out of our brains as a finished blog post. No, and we write all the time. We're constantly creating content, many of us, and it's in different forms. So sometimes it's words, video, images, and we go through um, those days where it's just not coming together. So it's good to have something to fall back on and a few ideas kind of always in the hopper. Definitely. All right. My blogging tip is about format and you need to make sure that your blog posts are skimmable. So when people are bombarded with so much content all of the time, they may click through to read an article and not know if they actually want to read it. And I, what I want people to do is make it as easy as possible for somebody to have a quick glance at what you've done and decide whether or not based on that, they want to then dig in and, de- and read the whole thing. So ways to do that are one, you always want to include an image. First of all, people like images, so that's just one of the reasons right there. But you want to have an image that gives a little bit of the story away. And then you want to have subheadings that pull out important parts of the blog post. And so basically, you're giving people the outline of your blog post in a really quick sweep. And then based on what you've said and what you've pulled out for them, and that's where it also needs to be clear. It can't be too vague or, you know, catchy in terms of like a pun or something. You want to just be really clear on what it is that you're talking about in each section so that people can skim it, decide whether or not they want to go in further. And the other benefit of that is those subheadings help you with your search engine rankings. Yes, the the SEO component of having an image and tagging your image and having the subheadings uh, is something that uh, I think a lot of us forget. And once upon a time, I still have a hard time not using puns as titles because I I love a clever title, Uh, but there needs to be a balance. So if you're going to have something clever as a subtitle, make sure somewhere else there's, there's a really good searchable title and you're using your keywords that you're trying to rank for. And I know that this kind of anatomy of, of a blog post and putting it together is something we're going to want to touch on at the planning day because it does come up a lot. Absolutely. And I have tools specifically that I always use for that kind of stuff because there are just key components everybody needs to put together in a, in a blog post. Now, one of my very favorite topics, email marketing. What do you have to share about that one? Email marketing. I know you love it. And I'm still a fan because as a reader, I'm a newsletter reader. Uh, and I, you know, draft newsletters for clients and, and the blog has one that is infrequent at best. Um, so I would say one of the things that as a reader, I like to see is easy to access links. So if you're going to give me a lot of great content, give me opportunities to click out and read more about it. So I don't need a full blog post rewritten in a newsletter. Give me a nugget of that blog, blog post and what I might pull from it and then send me to where I need to go to continue reading it. It also gets people back to your website, which you want. You want them off the newsletter at some point and and send them traffic to your site um, to explore a little bit. And that's when I'm reading, I like to be able to go back and forth. Yeah, I think your goal should almost always be to get people back to your website, which is your home base online. You want them there where they can then explore the rest of what you do. Yeah. And if there's only one link buried somewhere in the bottom or it's really hard to find or your image isn't linkable, it becomes a little bit trickier for me to get there easily. So make it very easy for me to get there. 
Absolutely. I think I put generally two or three of the same links on every topic into something, one in the image, one when I first start talking about it, and one when I recap why I think they should go over to it, because you never know where somebody is going to feel inclined to click. Yes. All right. My tip when it comes to email marketing is that I find people have a tendency to think that they should that they don't want to send them frequently because there's so much work. But when they do send them, they have like 10 different things in that email. And so what you're doing is you're creating this super long piece of content that people are probably not going to have the attention span to read all of. So while it was so much work, you're not getting the value out of it. Instead, keep it shorter and more frequent. So if you're sending a quarterly, and I know I know a lot of people have a tendency to do that, I would say you want to send it one, well, really, I always love it when people send weekly, but let's say every two weeks <laughs> with one really solid piece of content instead of trying to say everything that you've done over the last three months in one email that people aren't going to read all of. Yeah, and and you're right. And sending it, finding that frequency that works for you, you won't make everyone happy. You know, you'll have some people who will read every week, uh, but others that will barely if you send it every month, they'll think, oh, this again. That's not really the case, but you got to find what works best for you in that schedule. Absolutely. And I like every two weeks. Yeah, every two weeks is good. Being consistent. Yeah, good. Being consistent is the most, you know, important thing that you just want to make sure that you are getting into people's inboxes on a regular basis so that they keep remembering who you are and what you do. And every two weeks I say that because as a reader, I like that. But monthly at least is a goal. Yes. Not every three months. Quarterly, no. I think is too far apart. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's talk Facebook and Instagram. Social media. Um, yeah, so I have a lot of just little nuggets of tips here and there with both of these. And I, I think especially Facebook, because I'm on it so frequently. And for most of us, um, for a lot of us, it's still such a driver for our blogs and businesses and sales conversions that we do need to, to spend time making a really good Facebook feed. So I would say one tip to look at is uh, curating your feed on Facebook, who you follow and on Instagram to be something that's of value to you. So whether that's on your personal page or on your business page on Facebook or with Instagram on your Instagram account, go through and add new followers every so often. It not only helps with finding um, new relationships of following back. I mean, you don't want an automatic follow back, but there's, that's how people kind of find you sometimes. And I don't know if about you, but I will get a new like and I'll always go to their bio because I like to see who's following me. Is this someone I want to follow? And so it is a good way to build up a relationship and build up a really good feed in your own social media. And it's the same thing on Twitter. So start with, you know, following who you want to follow and who you want to see, follow who they might be following and build relationships that way uh, in terms of just being able to, to scroll through your feed and have a, a nice, rich feed. Yeah. And, and I always think it's great to learn from what others are doing, right? What do you like? What works for you? Getting a really good sampling of that kind of stuff always helps. And once it's in your feed, especially with Facebook, that will tie into your curation piece and you'll be able to find really good content that you can share with your readers and tagging back and again, building that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. For me, and, and as you well know, and this is going to be 
something that's even more important coming up in the future with Instagram. So, you know, Facebook and Instagram soon um, rely a lot on engagement for what you see. If you want to see more, if you want to have your audience see things, you need to have good engagement within your audience and then more people will see what you have to say. So that begs the question, how do I get people to, to talk to me? How do I get them to engage? And a lot of people really struggle with this. And one of the things that I see happen is people ask questions or ask for engagement that's too complicated. It is often something where you ask a complicated question that involves um, thinking. And really, <laughs> you're almost asking for too much when you're regularly asking people to put some thought into their answer. And I know that sounds horrible, but it's true. What you want to do is you want to ask really, really simple questions that allow people to answer without thinking. And that those times, it's basically just, it doesn't matter what the quality of the engagement is. Ultimately, it does matter. But in this particular case, it doesn't. You're just trying to get people talking because once they've started talking once, then once they've engaged with you, you know, a couple of times, it gets easier. And then they are willing to put in more of that work to think about what their answer might be. Once they're more sort of, you know, engaged with you, they have that relationship with you, they're more inclined to put the thought in. But in the beginning, you want to just make it a simple question. And one example of that is just to ask something, somebody like, where do you live? Or, you know, for parenting, I found one is, you know, like, how old are your children? It's something everybody knows the answer to, they don't need to put too much thought into it. And they like to share that kind of stuff. And that just gets the engagement rolling. So super, super, super simple questions. Yeah, I like questions. It's good. It's good. And it's it's something if you have a strong uh, following or readership or uh, like base already, people who want to follow your content, you'll find that they'll get more engaged along the way anyway, because they're already there. They want to be there. They're not necessarily there just because of a, of a gimmicky thing. If you have good content, they're going to want to engage with that good content. And questions are a great way of doing it. Yeah. So let's talk some more about good content and content curation, because that's something that we talked about when you did the podcast last time. And, you know, we can always talk about it some more. Yeah, finding good content. I think one of the things that, uh, you know, I try to tell people is it's not always about finding viral content. And yes, you'll see viral content does well, uh, but it doesn't mean it's going to do well on your page. So sometimes you can try finding something that's really going crazy and you'll see it because we'll see it shared six times in our feed but if you can find something that's equally or more interesting that's not that viral piece at the time and you become the leader of sharing something new and different uh, you build some really good reach that way I think so being creative with your curation is important and it's not just about you know what's the hot topic although there's a time and a place for those hot topic buttons especially when you're positioning yourself as a leader, you want to be able to talk about or react to something. But one of the ways that I like to find content and recommend people look for content is by looking at their stats. Look at your Google Analytics and see where people are coming from and what, what landing pages they might be coming on for your blog or your website. What's attracting them? Uh, look at your Facebook Insights and see what posted really well last month. You can build reports that tell you what your most engaged posts were and what was it about that post that did really well. And with those stats, that information, you could start really building out more and better 
and richer content going forward. And and I think that's one thing that uh, I like to do. And I think it really does help. Yeah, along the same vein, actually, because, you know, so once you go into your reports, and you find what people really care about, and find more of that content, one of the things I like people to do is think about what they want people to know, whether it be about their industry or about what they do, you want people to know certain things about your business. And when you have a clear idea of what that thing is, and that this is kind of the stuff that we'll talk about in the planning section of our day, but let's, you know, once you know what you want people to know, then you can go out and spend a little bit of time looking for content that backs that up. So if you're, you know, you want people to know that uh, eating well makes you feel better, you can go out and find really great content that speaks to that and then share it. So you're not only sharing interesting content that's interesting to your audience, you're at the same time working towards your own goals by making sure that you're reminding people of the things you want them to know. Absolutely. And, and you said it exactly spot on. It goes back to what were your goals. And if you know clearly what those goals are, like we said earlier, it will really help share or help you decide what you're going to share and why you're sharing it beyond just, you know, this is funny. This is funny is a relevant reason to share something. But usually you're sharing it because this is funny because I want my readers to laugh with me or I have a sense of humor when I'm doing my business or that kind of So there still is a reason, ultimately, and it really does go back to those goals, definitely. Absolutely. Well, that's it. We went through our five topics, and I think we shared some really good tips, if we do say so ourselves. (laughs) I'll say it. Uh, Sounds good. And there's always more, right? I was looking when we were talking about doing this, and we said, okay, let's each pick a tip. Like, oh, which tip do I want to share? Because every day we're doing this, we're writing content or creating it or looking at our stats and um, so there's a lot of really good tools and resources. And again, when we're in uh, together in May, I think this is these are the kind of things that we're going to want to be able to build out on. Absolutely. We love digging into this stuff and giving people tips. So we will put all the information about the planning day in the show notes. And that's pretty much it for today. The rest is going to come on May 5th. So so hopefully some people can join us. If not, they can follow you online again. Like last time, we'll put all the links to follow you in the show notes. And That's I good. so appreciate you spending the time chatting with me again today. It was great. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to May 5th. Yeah, me too. That was a great chat. I realize how much fun I have when I have Becky on the show and we can just chat about the things that we love to talk about. If you are in the Ottawa area or not too far out, we'd love to have you come to the Ottawa event on May 5th. And I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. We're also going to be bringing the event to Toronto and possibly other cities. So if that's something of interest, come to the show notes, laralwellman.com slash podcast slash 25 and let us know where you'd like to see it and when you'd like to see it and maybe we'll be able to make it happen. I'll also be sharing links to Becky's social media and to my own in the show notes. So come on over, leave us a comment, let me know what you'd like to see next. And until next week, I'll see you online.